Yes, sir. Do you remember the fifth night of September? I would do a little bit to, you know, I will give y'all a little bit of my voice right now, but yeah, you know, it's still a little bit early in the season for that. I'm not, I'm not gonna hit you with the Earth, Wind, and Fire yet, but uh, it is, it is September. It's not the 23rd or the 22nd night. I forget what it said in that song, but we're talking about the fifth night of September, and that is opening night of the NFL season, and that means Bears. Packers, 100th year celebration, the NFL kicking it off big time at Soldier Field. This is the only pregame source that you'll need for that game. Your man Kyle Means here, editorial director, WeAreRegalRadio.com, War Media, Ryan Bukovetsky, our senior writer in charge of the Bears in the NFL right here. We're giving it to you all, uh, like I said, all the big details you need, running it down, Bears, Packers, man. It's all really not much else we need to say, man. It's going to be uh, going to be an incredible season opener. All the excitement, all the anticipation is coming to a head now. We're finally going to see what these teams are about. We're going to see what these Bears are about. Are they ready to defend their NFC North title? Are they ready to finally put their rivals to the North back in the back seat where they belong and, uh, you know, not have to worry about them for the rest of the year? And with a definitive performance here in this opener, unlike last year, you know, it's, it's so much that's on that, that is on the line already so much the, you know, uh, so much that we can really break down here, and we're not going to waste any time. I'm going to bring in Ryan. What's going on, man? How you doing? Uh, couldn't be doing better right now, Kyle. We are just, uh, what, like 24 hours away from kickoff? So Yeah, just, just like, like 26, 27 maybe. Yeah, like we are we're finally there. It's really like Christmas morning about to happen it just feels like it's going to be tough to go to bed tonight just thinking about all day tomorrow the city is going to have so much energy in chicago i I imagine there's going to be bears gear up the wazoo everywhere i mean it's going to be a beautiful scene and you know at least when that kickoff happens that the crowd is going to be so loud and so into it it's going to feel like a playoff atmosphere in september yeah, it's, it's really going to be a festival-like atmosphere here in Chicago because, uh, you know, the NFL, they make a big – they're making a big deal out of everything that they do now, including, you know, the draft and everything. And we can remember from the draft being here in Chicago a couple years ago that they really do pull out all the stops when it comes to uh, putting on events like this here in Chicago – and I think like the uh, draft a couple of years ago, they're going to have a big thing, if not in Grant Park, in that immediate area, maybe Millennium Park or downtown. I believe it is Grant Park. I believe oh, it is Grant Watch parties. At. Yeah. App- you know, apparently Jay-Z and, uh, and uh, are going to be selling T-shirts with Meek Mill and and that all about the bass girl or something like that. So, yep. You know, mm-hmm. Megan Trainer. Megan Trainer. yeah. They'll be selling T-shirts and, 
you know, stuff like that, inspiring change. So don't, you know, don't miss out on that as well. But uh, the big game is what we're really talking about in here. And uh, that's what we, that's what we put it upon ourselves to uh, put, to lay out for you the right way, uh, you know, our uh, valued audience. And uh, yeah, man, this is, we've, like, so we've been talking about it for months. It's been, uh, you know, really a gift, I would say, from the league that, you know, normally they put the defending champions in this position to host the uh, the first game, the very first game in the NFL season. And a lot of times they do it against, like, they do a rematch. They'll do either a rematch of the Super Bowl or they'll do, like, a, a, a rivalry with that with that defending Super Bowl champion or something like that or, or a top team in their conference or whatever, you know, but – no, they 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 said bump the Patriots this year. You know, I guess they they figured uh, fans are They've done it before. Yeah, yeah, fan. They figured fans are tired of the Patriots, and I think rightfully so. So, but they so they've taken it to the heart of the country, the heart of the league. You know, two charter members and the longest running rivalry in in the sport. One of the longest run, running rivals in all the sports, and you know. People, I think, you know, people like to downplay a lot of stuff, I think, when it comes to the Bears or, you know, the NFC North. But you can't really downplay the Bears and the Packers rivalry. You know, it is, you know, the history of it, the uh, the tradition, all of that is cherished. But it's always, it's, it's always about the now, too. It's not just about the past. And, you know, every year, whether you're talking to the to the cheeseheads up north or you're talking to the Grabowskis down here, we want to make sure that we're outdoing one another. And it's not like it's like I said, it's not just about you know resting on our laurels about what uh, the great things that our franchise have done before. It's about beating each other now and outdoing each other now. And a lot of and pretty much that's all you all you need to know going into this game. The Packers had a bad year last year. They had a bad couple of years, really, that led to their led to them deposing of Mike McCarthy, who was a Super Bowl winning coach for them, who's been, you know, a very successful coach for him. But they uh, had to let him go because he wasn't getting the job done anymore. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is is late in his career now. He's past his prime. He's still one of the best to do it in the, at his position, but that. Uh, the time is ticking on him to get back in the Super Bowl. So he knows that. And they got a guy, uh, they got a new guy in there, uh, LaFleur. Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur. And they're trying to appease Rodgers while at the same time add new wrinkles to their offense that will allow them to keep up and compete with the other team's other balanced teams in the NFC and throughout the NFL. On the other side, you know, you got the Bears. You know, 12-4 and four last year, a great season beyond our wildest imaginations here in Chicago, but it just wasn't enough in the playoffs. We were, you know, kicked in the ass by, by special teams, and, you know, it was just that certain quality that seems to happen with the Bears where, you know, there's always something that's that's ready ready to uh, sabotage even the best seasons for the Bears, but they're still 
they still come into the season with a lot of great talent retained. And uh, they, they've been very attentive with the kicking pos- position. They, you know, tried out everybody in their, in their uncle to the position over the, over the, uh, post over the whole season, the, uh, the off season. And, uh, Eddie Pinero becomes the guy who gets, who gets the kicking position, who earns it. We can, we can say honestly, and he's, he's going to be the man on the, uh, on the hot seat going into Thursday's game. So we, you take that, you take, uh, you know, what we've observed here in Chicago as the naggy approach to the, to the preseason, his unique approach. He's not, he's very much about resting his players, his star players. He's not going to overwork them or work them much at all. He's not going to, you know, work uh, uh, Mitch Trubisky at quarterback. So what we, what we have in that situation is a very much a mystery as opposed as in regards to what is he, where is he at right now with the offense? Uh, There's been a lot of, uh, you know, comparison to school with him. You know, he, you know, Mitch has studied the the Nagy 101 last year. Now he's studying Nagy 202 this year. As a sophomore, what can we expect from Trubisky? That's going to be a big question. You know, but uh, this that's the offense stuff with the Bears. Defensively, we know that they're one of the best teams in the in the National Football League, talent wise. But they don't have the same leader as last year. Vic Fangio may be the best defensive coordinator in the league. They replaced him with Chuck Pagano, uh, a, a another proven defensive coordinator, a former head coach as well. But he uh, it's been a while since he's had success at at coordinator, and he, he's never been a coach with the Bears. So we we don't have anything that we could draw directly back on from him. So there's a lot of there's a lot of good things that we can associate with the Bears going into this season, but there's still some question marks. And you no, know, for every good thing, I think you can ha- you kind of have a question mark to go alongside it. And you know, as we as we look at this team, Ryan, and we look at the roster, uh, the final 53 man roster that comes out of uh, that came out of this. Uh, uh, excuse me. That came out of the preseason games. Like, like I said, there wasn't much play being done with the starters. They were allowed to rest by and large, so that Nagy can really get a look at at the reserves. You know, at players who were fighting for you know second, third, fourth positions on on uh, each roster. Um, you know, each position slot. And uh, you know, at that with this weekend, we got a, a pretty clean cut cut list and everything. Not nothing real dramatic, I would say. No real uh, controversies, or anything. But as we start off our preview here, look, looking at the roster, your thoughts, man. What uh, stood out to you about the final decisions made with the roster, and uh, you know who who made it and who didn't make that fifty three man roster list for you. Yeah, Kyle, I was a lot like you. I didn't think there was anything egregious uh, or shocking, nothing that really stood out to me other than a theme, and that theme was NFL experience because we talked about some 
different position battles, like running back, where Kareth White became the fourth running back. Uh, that wasn't a big surprise. We all figured it's going to be too hard to stash him away on the practice squad without a team taking a chance on all that speed. Uh, they did cut Ryan Nall, and he will be on the practice squad, which I think is great because he is a guy that maybe still has some value in the future, uh, especially because he has a, a big body with speed and uh, versatility as a pass catcher and a runner. So uh, I, I don't know if we've seen the last of Ryan Nall, maybe even this year, but I would think, if anything, Cordell Patterson is your fifth running back on the roster because of his experience with New England last year. The offensive line was another area where a guy named Alex Bars, who went undrafted out of Notre Dame, he was with Harry Eastan, the Bears' current offensive line coach. And uh, he would have been a drafted player for sure if he didn't have an ACL to start out the season last year. And he has the uh, potential ability to maybe be a left tackle or play any of the guard spots as well as the right tackle position. So other than center, he could potentially play all those areas. He seemed like a guy that won a roster spot, and it was really between him and uh, Cornelius Lucas, to me, as well as Richard Coward. But uh, they decided to keep Coward, and they kept Cornelius Lucas, who didn't have a really good preseason. But that's a guy that has legitimate NFL experience, Alex Bars, an undrafted rookie. I think they just decided to go with the guy they felt had a little bit more of a pedigree and a little bit more predictability in how he's going to play on Sundays. Because even if Alex Bars had a good preseason, he was really not playing against a ton of great competition. So I don't know how much you can really value preseason work. And they must have felt as a unit that he still had a long ways to go. But they got him on the practice squad, which was great. You just worried about losing him. Um and they decide to go with four tight ends. That was another area where we were wondering, do they go with five? They put Dax Raymond on IR, so it seems like a, a stash away for him. And uh, really, when you look at the practice squad in the NFL nowadays, they're kind of like the next man up after the final 53. And what I mean by that is, let's say you had uh, you know, uh, problems at quarterback, where you lost your starting quarterback and your backup and your third string. Your fourth string would either be some guy off the streets that you really like or it's going to be someone off your practice squad. And if it wasn't a position like quarterback, let's say it's defensive line, more than likely that would be your first guy that you would bring in is that practice practice squad guy versus somebody off the streets. So these are in some ways important backups if the worst, worst case scenario happens. And the tight end that they decided to keep on the practice guy was, was uh, Jesper Horstead out of Princeton. And he had himself a really good preseason. Ian Bunting was another guy that uh, some thought might make either the roster or at least a practice squad, but they decided not to keep him. And uh, you look at kind of throughout the roster, I, I would say that that's, that was the normal theme, that if there was a way that they could keep uh, a guy with NFL experience versus somebody that – didn't have that experience, a la even Bradley Saul at tight end. They decided to keep him versus going with somebody else. Uh, I think that mattered to Nagy and Pace when they built this roster. And, uh, you know, I think it's it's a, a solid roster all the way through. Uh, a lot of the position battles weren't a big deal because I don't think that they're going to have a ton of consequence unless the worst case happens where you are just ravaged by injuries. If the Bears stay pretty injury-free, the moves that we're talking about right now really won't have much impact on the season whatsoever. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, the the team overall was blessed last year, injury wise. They didn't have many injuries at all, and you know, outside of the you know uh, Mac losing, missing a couple games, a, you know, a couple players too. I think like Robinson uh, on the other side missed a couple games as well. Like he didn't have many star players who missed time last year, so you, you know you gotta hope that that fit that uh, pixie dust or whatever that was uh, laying on the Bears last year that uh, they got some of that left over for this year. But there's two things that stand out uh, that you mentioned. Um, you know, you mentioned first uh, the you know the the prevalence on. Uh, having um, players having previous uh, experience in the NFL, and that's that's interesting to me because this still is a very young team that the Bears have. And you look at a lot of the key positions; they have guys who, you know, you know maybe have experience from other teams. You know, they picked up quite a few players from other teams over the past couple of years, but they don't have a lot of experience overall. You're talking about mostly mid to late twenty guys. In this roster, not many guys, if it, you know, probably a handful that's in their 30s at all. So it's interesting that you got, you know, that that that's a that that's a thing too. And I and I could see that that's a thing because of the overall youth for the roster. That you know that you want players, backup players, you know, uh, players further down the roster who have experience, you know, at, at least some experience in the league, you know, and. You know, and, and it's you know it comes. In, I think that did come into effect with players like Soul and players on the, uh, you know, especially on offense where you have quite a quite high numbers, higher numbers than typical. I think that you see with this team and some of the uh, the the impact positions like tight end and running back. So you know, it's, it's pretty interesting to me that that's you know, that's kind of the second thing I want to jump on too. And get your thoughts on Ryan was like, you know, the higher the higher numbers of players at running back, at tight end, at wide receiver, you know, carrying you know six, five or six guys instead of three or four, you know, I think I would think that that's gonna you know sort of tip the hat of the type of uh, the type of things that we're gonna see, you know, varied formations, varied, uh, you know. You know, a lot of switching off with guys uh, with Nagy and, and when the offense and uh, uh, would would you agree with that, Ryan? Um, you know, it, it's tough to say. I I don't necessarily do. I guess it, it just because they kept four running backs that wasn't absurd. They kept six receivers that wasn't absurd. They kept four tight ends. Maybe a little high on the offensive side is eight offensive lineman, but you understood why, because Rashad Coward, they like him, and, and they feel he's a right tackle, potentially, of the future, but he can't play left, so you needed to have that extra tackle to bring in here, and maybe you sacrifice a spot somewhere else. Uh, the only spot that really had a lot of guys was inside linebacker, but I think all those guys are primarily core special teamers that they kept, because really at your wide receiver position, you don't have a ton of guys that do much on special teams other than returners. Uh, maybe Javon Wims helps out with some of the coverage stuff, but I would think that's about it. So you need to get some guys that can really help out on your special teams, and I think that's why they kept such a, a large amount of inside linebackers. 
But one other thing I wanted to mention, Kyle, was uh, the cut of Jonathan Bullard, because he's probably the most notable cut that they had over the weekend. Sure. And, you know, he, I thought, was an interesting cut because he's a solid NFL player. He's not great. He's not going to be a pass rusher. He does some good work against the run. But they went with this uh, younger guy in Abdullah Anderson, maybe one of the few spots where they kind of chose to go with the lack of experience versus the well-known commodity. So maybe they feel they found something in this Abdullah Anderson, but at the very most, it seems like they just needed a change of scenery outside of Jonathan Bullard. But that was a surprising one because if you do have some injuries on the defensive line, he seems like a very capable backup if he's your fifth string guy. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason, the Bears decided to move on from him. Okay. Well, okay. Well, it's interesting. Uh, I didn't, yeah, I, I didn't think too much in regards to, I want to go back though, what I, what I was saying with the, with the number of, uh, you know, people at certain positions. And I think you sort of backed up what I said with the receivers. And that and that was one position that I was thinking of in particular with that. Like six receivers, I think, is quite a lot for the Bears in any given year. And like you said, none of those not not no none of those guys are really going to be expected to do much on on special teams. So that's why I was trying to get to in regards to what we may see with Nagy, like is is he going to, is he going to be able, is he going to have an intent to use all six of those receivers at any given time? Oh yeah. I would definitely agree with that. I think, so I guess in in a way the numbers don't, I like in a normal year, usually keep about five or six receivers on any average NFL team. If, If you keep seven, that's usually considered a high number. But it kind of depends on your offense, blah, blah, blah. And they do have some guys that will play special teams like Cordell Patterson, but he is only going to be a returner. returner he might yeah. do some stuff on the, on the coverage units, but his main thing is a returner. But even with that said, the versatility of the type of player that they have, like all these receivers could definitely play throughout an entire game. I wouldn't be surprised if you see any of them at a given time, especially since we know that Nagy is a big package personnel guy Uh, he might just throw out a package of all wide receivers and have patterson as the running back and just you see like five wide but really it's four wide with a running back being cordell patterson i wouldn't be surprised if you see something crazy like that where you have a ton of size maybe a red zone package you can put a lot of balls up in the air and in worst case scenario you can hand it off to a guy that's capable of playing that running back position I've thought about that with the running backs. Like There is, I think, a way where you could have maybe a tight end and all three of the other running backs out there at the different positions, given if they want to try a certain formation or something like that. Like We've seen them do the uh, T formation here and there. Maybe they expand off that a little bit and throw um, out of that T formation. It, it, the versatility that the players that they have on the roster, I think that, if anything, showed me yeah, we're not going to keep seven receivers or five tight ends because we got a lot of guys that can do a lot of different things. So we're not necessarily worried about being short at tight end because if we're short at tight end, worst case scenario, we'll put an offensive lineman there and we'll just go with receivers and backs. I think that that's the kind of attitude I got from the roster and the versatility is already built in with the players that they have. Yeah, that's you said, you said it well there. I think the versatility is the quality 
that is that shines through most with with these with this set of players that the Bears have, and it it could very much lead to the type of play on offense that we haven't that we've rarely seen the Bears provide. You know, we've seen more in recent years more explosive offenses, but we've you know there there were flick there were flashes of it last year, like with the Tampa Bay game and stuff like that, where they just looked unstoppable and they had players who could attack you from any, any spot on the field. You know, you had speedy players, you had tall players, you got, you know, like I say, players, you know, players who could uh, fit in different spots in, in, in the, in the, in the formations and everything, you know, you, you, you had Saul uh, who, you know, now is a tight end, you know, fully, you know, he got his first, taste as a tight end last year by catching that pass against the Rams. You know, it, there was the, a lot of just fun things that you could that you could see Nagy, uh, you know, giving us a taste of last year. And, you know, you have to think that he's going to go deeper into that playbook this year. And I think a lot of that's going to deal, you know, how far, how deep he goes into the uh, playbook is going to, a lot of that's going to deal with, you know, how comfortable he feels with Mitch Trubisky. And we can get into that a little bit later. But uh, but I'm going to take a little break right now because, uh, you know, just to reset things, uh, we you know, so we talked about the roster. And, uh, you know, like I said, not too much surprising there. We got, a you know, a, a roster full of guys from last year, not a lot of turnover as well. So, like I said, the, a lot of this team that we saw from last year, that uh that made such a stand stand for itself they're back this year to you know try to build off of off of that great season last year and uh it all starts with green bay so uh coming up after this break we're gonna get into green bay what what are the packers gonna offer this year though they're gonna be uh we know they're gonna be determined to knock the bears off thursday but just how will they do that we'll get into that coming up Welcome back, everybody. Here with uh, Kyle Means here, radio.com War Media Editorial Director, with my main man Ryan Bukovetsky, our Chief uh, Bears Correspondent, our Senior Bears NFL Writer. You know, however you want to put it, he's the man around these parts when it comes to those subjects. And of course, this is like Christmas Day, Christmas Eve for us right now. Uh, exciting time with previewing the Bears and the Packers just a day before uh, their big uh, season season opening uh, confrontation down at Soldier Field. And, uh, yeah, we talked about, you know, before our little break, we talk, talked about the Bears roster, which we haven't got a chance to do yet. Uh, since they made their final cuts over the weekend, got the roster down to 53, nice and neat. Like I said, nothing, nothing real dramatic about that whole process with the Bears. They, you know, retaining pretty much all the talent that they want, that they wanted from last year, the talent that got them a division title and a lot of uh, great encouragement to go into this year. And, um, you know, this, it was a little, was a little bit different though, for the Packers, you know, they didn't make the playoffs. 
was, which is a rarity for them in the you know the past thirty years. The the Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers uh, era, they've been you know quite re- uh, remarkable in their success. But this was a time there there they they had a time last year where they had to get rid of their coach, which is a you know. They've been pretty steady with their coaches. Home, it's pretty much been Holmgren and McCarthy over the past couple decades. But McCarthy had to go, and now they got a new guy in there, a young guy, and Matt Lafleur. You know, uh, and uh, they're they're trying to regroup up there in in, in Wisconsin, man. You know, um, knowing from my time up there as a reporter, uh, you know they. They love the they love that team up there. There's there's few areas that are as devoted to their NFL team as the whole state of Wisconsin is to Green Bay. So uh, you know they're not they're that team has a lot of pressure on it. You know, in any given year, but there's more than usual. You have to figure at this point in time because you know you got to figure how many chances does Aaron Rodgers have left? He's in his mid thirties now. How many more bullets does he have in his gun? You know, uh, you know, it's not the, not the most PC uh, uh, allegory there, but uh, I'll just run with it. But, uh, you know, he is, he is, he is the old sheriff now who's sort of uh, trying to call for, call for backup. And, uh, you know, with that team up there, you know, what type of talent, are they going to bring to the table to allow Rodgers to maybe make another run as early as this year, another Super Bowl one run? You know, it's been kind of surprising just how few teams he's had that have really been Super Bowl contenders when we think about it. You know, he's played some of the best quarterback that the league has ever seen during his career, but he's only had maybe two or three teams that have really been Super Bowl contenders, only – one team that made the Super Bowl, of course, they made it at the expense of the Bears back in uh, 2011. You know, that's, it, you know, that's, it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how, how this season comes comes about. And, you know, I think it's going to say a lot for the remaining years of uh, Rogers' career and, you know, the trajectory that lies ahead for him. You know, could he have a, a Peyton Manning-like thing or Elway-like thing where he revives himself in his final years and makes some more Super Bowls and possibly win some? Or will he just sort of peter out and have more of a desperate flailing at uh, at glory, much like his man Brett Favre, that, uh, you know, when he, uh you know, bounced around and, you know, had his unceremonious leaving from Green Bay and, you know, tried with other teams and couldn't make it, you know. It'll be interesting to see. But, uh, Ryan, as I bring you back in, man, what, what are your thoughts on Green Bay? And, uh, you know, this, as always, they're a team that are, is going to be threatening for the Bears. And they they seem, you know, take, you know, no better example than last year's opener to show you the way that they can – uh, really be party poopers for the Bears when it comes to uh, you know, national games, too, at, and, you know, games that uh, really mean a lot for us. They can <laughs> – those seem to be the times when the Packers really enjoy 
messing up our flow in regards to the Bears. Uh, no, but you know, what, what are your thoughts on those Packers and you know what type of team uh, are we likely to see in this opener? Yeah, the Packers, I mean, they have the beautiful blessing that, I mean, you basically walk into a season and you sit at like 500, assuming Rodgers is healthy. And, you know, he's basically worth at least a 500 record with really not much around him. You just figure that he's going to get it done. And I don't even remember a time that he went below seven wins in a season where he played at least the majority of the year or at least half the year. So they're going to be a formidable opponent regardless because they've got the, one of the best players at one of the best at one of the most critical and important positions in the game. And really, it's like you pointed out, how much help do they have they put around him to make his life easier, make him better, and then that way he can take an eight-win team to the Super Bowl. I don't know exactly how things are going to work early on with this new coach, new system with Matt LaFleur. Certainly, it's going to be a transition for Rodgers as a quarterback because this system, LaFleur, he comes from the Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay type offense. So think about all the Rams games you've watched. That's what they're going to try to mimic somewhat. There's going to be more of an emphasis on running the football with Aaron Jones and all the other backs that they have. And Aaron Jones has shown in his brief amount of time as a player that he could be, you know, maybe not an exceptional three down back, but at least a formidable one where you're going to have to make sure that you pay attention to him and, he kind of reminds me of one of those classic Green Bay running backs where they've had in the past, like Amon Green, let's say, where it was just a guy that maybe isn't the best in the league, but he does a tremendous job in that system and gives balance to their offense. And then out of their running game, they're going to try to do a lot of play action where they take shots downfield and gash teams with guys wide open. And, and that works well for Aaron Rodgers' game. I mean, with his pinpoint accuracy, with his ability to – read progressions with his ability to, you know, put the ball where you need it to be. He's going to be excellent in a system like Sean McVay runs. Now, do they have that Sean McVay? Is Matt LaFleur that guy? Uh, Aaron Rodgers has never really run a system like this in his career. It's always been ball in my hands, now a lot more of the shotgun, quick passing game type stuff. Now you're going to see maybe potentially more under center more of a run game. How patient is Rodgers going to be with that, especially when he goes to the line and he sees the defense and he knows exactly how he wants to attack it. And within this offense, you know, there's not a ton of audibles per se. I'm sure you can make adjustments. It's, I don't think it's some rigid system, but traditionally this offense has been, you get two plays when you go into the huddle, you look at the defense, choose which play and run that play. And they're going to do, uh, not a ton of formations, but they're going to do a lot of different stuff out of the formations that they do. So you might see only a handful of formations, but they're going to do so many different things out of it that it's very hard to game plan for because you don't have a ton of things that you can cue on. So depending on how sophisticated this offense is, because he's got a good offensive line, he's got Devontae Adams, who is a Pro Bowl caliber receiver for sure. He's going to be a weapon against the Bears and something that Chuck Pagano and the Bears are going to have to watch out for. Plus, uh, they've got a couple young receivers. Uh, 
I can't even begin to pronounce their names because I don't have them on hand, but uh, it's the three initial uh, Montez Valdi Scantley. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, a tough one. <laughs> Markinius, uh, I might have his first name wrong, St. Brown. He was put on IR, so you don't have to worry about him. But uh, what do they have at receiver? Jimmy Graham, Jay Sternberger at tight end. Now, Jay Sternberger might not play. He's also on the injury report. But if Jimmy Graham can play, and he might not play as well, but if he plays, you think like you have some receivers, you have some options for Aaron Rodgers, and then it goes back to the defense. And the team spent a ton of money on defense. Uh, they brought in some big-time free agents. They went uh, with, I believe, two defensive players in the first round of the draft with their two uh, draft picks. So, and I, I think it was the Rashawn Gary as well as that safety out of Maryland, Darnell Savage Jr. So they've invested a lot of money in this defense, and Mike Pettin is the defensive coordinator again, uh, second year in a row, and he comes from that Rex Ryan coaching tree. So I would expect a, a lot of blitzing from this defense. Uh, they've got a lot of guys that are versatile, that can play multiple positions, so I would think that they're going to try to do different fronts. And it's really how that secondary develops because they've spent a lot there. And if they have, uh, and they might have a core group of guys led by Jair Alexander and the terrific corner that they have, probably one of, if not their, their best defensive players, and some solid linebackers that can move around and cover the middle. So this is a defense that maybe isn't going to shock the world and be top 10, but they can definitely be middle of the pack. And when you, start talking about middle-of-the-pack defense, then that's a lot of hope for what the Packers can do as a team because their offense should be pretty good, especially as the season goes on and they get more and more comfortable with each other being uh, Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur. But then again, they paid for a lot of free agents, and we know that paying big money to a lot of free agents doesn't always work. So if that doesn't work, and they've definitely paid for guys that have uh, – had some success it's it's sort of like Pernell McPhee where they they're paying really for the potential that they have as pass rushers uh in the Smith guys that they brought in so I don't know how it's going to work out it, it could be a total disaster it could be total genius uh, the Packers are definitely a team that uh, I don't think we have a ton to know about because they're going to be so, so different than we've seen in a while. It, it's hard to gauge how good they can be, but on the outset, on paper, certainly the Bears are the more talented team. Yeah, and it, you can look at this as sort of a role reversal from last year where entering last year, the Bears were a team that was very aggressive in, in the uh, offseason prior, the, the 2018 offseason. They spend a lot of money, uh, you know, depended on draft on draft picks coming in right away to really change their team, to immediately change their team and uh, address a lot of pressing needs. Uh, you know, in the, in the case of the Bears, more of the offense, but their biggest move, of course, was picking up Mack and, and, and solidifying that defense around him. But, you know, in the case of the Packers, like you said, they spend a lot of money on defense. They got a lot of top flight players in. And now to uh, make their defense at least, uh, you know, something that's a, a little bit imposing, 
uh, and we'll have to see as the season goes on just how uh, effective they will be. But like you said, a defense that's the least bit effective uh, and that's middle of the pack could be enough to get this team the division and get them as a, as a Super Bowl contender with Rodgers and the offense, uh, you know, with with that side of the ball doing what it's supposed to do. So I, I think it's, I think that's going to be a lot of uh, what tomorrow's game is going to be decided on, you know, just how improved is this Packers defense and how will it how will they how will that improvement express itself against the Bears offense? You know, will they will they be able to get to Mitch in any particular way? Will they, you know, will they be able to keep up with our speedsters? Will they, you know, how will the defensive line be in in the trenches against against uh, the offensive line of the Bears, which is a, you know, like I said, just another group that is pretty uh, sturdy right now. And uh, know what type of what type of impact will they will they be able to take the ball away in any particular way? You know they, uh, you know I guess one one uh, sub storyline is Adrian Amos. You know he's not a you know being the former Bears switching over to that side. There was a bit of a trade, uh, indirect trade with him and Ha Clinton Dix coming over to our side. Uh, uh, you know after his uh, stop in in Washington last year. Uh, now, Haha is a bear after his time in Green Bay, and um, you know, I guess with Amos, you know, you can't really expect, uh, you know, he's not a ball hawker, but he may be a guy who can, you know, help help them, you know, read some things that the Bears do offensively, and uh, you know, he he definitely is an upgrade, I would say, to their uh, their overall play in their uh, in their secondary, and he's a guy who can wrap. You know he can he can play physically. He can tackle people. He's gonna you know he's gonna be tasked with keeping up with with somebody. Whether you're talking about any of the Bears coming out of the backfield or uh, any of those uh, six receivers who may be playing in the game tomorrow, you know the Bears are gonna you know hopefully throw a lot at Green Bay. So this is gonna be you know a pretty sturdy test for them right away. That defense. Uh, to see just how much uh, they've improved over the offseason. Definitely. And, you know, you point out all the similarities uh, between these two teams. Like, it's funny how in-depth it goes because that defense, like you pointed out, the Packers, they're being led by second-year defense coordinator Mike Pett, and this is the third time that he's going to see Matt Maggie's offense. Uh, Matt Nagy and him are kind of going into that game last year in the opener. They were one of those key matchups coaching-wise. You've got the this new play caller. You've got this unknown defensive coordinator. How do these two attack each other and gets the upper hand in that matchup? And you kind of have the same thing going this year with role reversals on the Bears' side. You've got the, a new defensive coordinator in Chuck Pagano and He's going to do things his defensive way, and he hasn't called plays since 2011. You've got, and he, even though he was head coach of the Colts, he wasn't a play caller back then, even though I'm sure he was heavily involved in the defensive game planning because that's his background. He wasn't the play caller. So it's really 
We're going to see him play calling in his defense. That's going to be an unknown. And, of course, we got the unknown in Matt LaFleur as the play caller for the Packers side. So it's funny how so many things have kind of swapped between these two teams. And it goes all the way from roster, like you said, with Adrian Amos and HaHa Clint Dix, the coaching, the situations that they've been in in the last recent off-seasons, and how really closely related they are. It feels like this is going to be just a, a potential big-time rivalry for years to come if both teams kind of continue to do what they need to do. Yeah, it's fitting because, you know, I bigged up the rivalry earlier, and, you know, like I said, it's always relevant to those of us who follow it, but it's not always competitive. And, you know, oftentimes over the, over the you know, over the past decades and different eras, you've had eras where the Bears have dominated and the Packers have been bad, and you've had uh, you no know, more so in the past three decades. The Packers have been dominated and the Bears have been uh, mediocre or, or worse. But this is a time, a rare time now, where both teams are pretty much at the same place. And, you know, you know the storyline sort of reflect that in a lot of ways. And it could mean a lot for the league and definitely for uh, the NFC and the NFC North if both of these teams are competitive and that they're having, uh, you know, great games against each other, much like the game that we saw in week one last uh, last year on Sunday Night Football. You know, uh, it, it's, 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 that's part of what I think the NFL was rolling the dice on with putting this game at, as a showcase, as its initial showcase this year. They're hoping for a similar type of event, uh, a similar type of event to happen where we see these two teams at their best and their most competitive playing against each other and uh, really showing a lot of what it means, what the NFL really means in two of its uh, most, uh, you know, most uh, fanatic uh, fan bases. Yeah, it's going to be, I think, just uh, like you said, a showcase because even though maybe this is not the spiciest rivalry because both teams really have been competitive at the same time, you definitely feel like it's going to get there. All it needs to is have two really good teams going at it, and you could have a lot of games like you had last year in that opener. And it, it seems like they're both at that level right now. And if they go out and have a terrific game, I think you just you put a real stake in for the Bears, for the NFC North, like you put it, in this rivalry, and I think it, it gives an open, it gives a league-wide notice to both of these teams potentially, whoever is the victor or how they victor, uh, it, it could put the rest of the league on notice. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and you know uh, they've had a uh, you know on the on the on the entertainment side, they've had the video this week with uh, Favre, uh, you know, sitting with the the super fans. With the Bears, I don't know if you've seen that. The... I actually tried to watch it, Kyle. I couldn't finish it. It was unbearable to me. <laughs> yeah, it's unbearable in a bad way or a good way? Oh, in, in the worst way that you can make unbearable. <laughs> uh, it was. I was just like, man, this isn't even funny, and this is just turning bad real fast. Well, that's. I think the. I think my biggest problem is that they made Brett Favre the sophisticated 
you know, like Green Bay is like the sophisticated fan base or something, and the, the Bears are just these slobs, just like drooling all over themselves. Even though I like the super fans, I did not like that promo. Yeah, I, 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 have, to, I have to look at it. I actually haven't seen that one yet. I preferred, I probably will prefer the one, the thing that they did with Peyton Manning, though, even though you had the history with Manning and, you know, him keeping us from our most recent Super Bowl, just the whole uh, baptizing him in Italian beef juice and him coming up with the with the thick mustache and eyeglasses was pretty hilarious to me. <laughs> I did like that one. Yeah. yeah. I don't have a problem with the super fan, but I've been uh, underwhelmed by SNL's use of them. Well, they haven't. Sunday Night Football's use of them. Yeah, yeah. They haven't even been on the show, I think, since the nineties. They've been more doing their own thing, like when when like say when something like this happens or something, but I don't know. Yeah, they they I just maybe they're a little rusty, you know. Yeah, that could be it too. Yeah, but it, you know, I, I you know, I I think that can in, in a comedic way, that's sort of turning around on stereotypes when you talk about Green Bay you know, coming across a little bit more sophisticated because I think from the outside looking in, you would think that they would they would be the less sophisticated folks up there in a more, you know, smaller town and everything, more of an outpost. Whereas, you know, everybody knows Chicago is a metropolitan city, even though, you know, we have our right. we have our fair share of crazy folks here, but we are a metropolitan city. Yeah, there's no uh Green Bay super fan, and that's never gonna happen on Saturday Night Live. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, because I think that I think that'll be seen too much as punching down, you know. Yeah, and I think uh, the rest of the world's gonna be like, "Who? What? Okay, yeah. talk to us when we got a big city." Right, right. These folks already are willing to put styrofoam cheese on their heads. We don't. Yeah, we I, don't, think, uh, yeah. I think people are laughing enough. <laughs> right. But like I said, I, I've I've been around a lot of Green Bay Packers fans in my time, and like I said they are the average Green Bay fan is just you know like anyone else. They're they're fiercely devoted to their team, and you know I don't I don't know if they're as intelligent about the game. I think they've they've had a lot that was been given to them over the years, but especially in recent years. But you know they they like I'm I said definitely with you on that, Kyle. <laughs> Yeah, we it, it, there's there's been less they've they've had like I said they've had more of a of a charmed life you know definitely through, with the Favre years and and with a lot of the 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 Rogers years they've lived a charmed life so that's like I said that's another part of this whole thing with the Packers and they're trying to get back into a true contention you know uh, how will they how will they as a franchise and their and their fan base deal with it. It'll be interesting to see, though. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully it won't be too easy. Because I, I, I think like though the Bears, the Bears are put in the work. You know, and it's not like the Bears have, uh, you know, cut corners here. They've hired good people. They've, and those good people have done a lot of good scouting. They've spent money. They brought in good people who are, you know, at you know as free agent and free agents as and as drafts, and you know they've done they've done the good thing. So, I it would be it would be kind of tough to see 
the progression of last year, you know, to see that falter in any way and, and take a step back. There's so many people that are looking for that to happen, though. And, and I don't I, I still don't understand that. Why on a national level that's been the case so much. I heard I listened to a segment today on a radio on a radio show with Jason Locker Four. He was asked He was asked. Yeah, I know. He was asked the one team that is gonna that that he thinks is gonna fall fall back, and you know, of course, he says the Bears. He says he wouldn't be surprised if they if they win as few as seven games this year. So it's like I just think it's a very lazy kind of thinking because I think whenever you when you ever you hear these people talk about the Bears. The their so-called uh, analy- you know, an analysis is very is, is either quarterback centric or coach centric. It's like, oh uh, well, we haven't seen enough from uh, Trubisky, or you no, know, well, their defense is great, but they don't have Fangio anymore. And it's like, well, they still have the players though, and it, you know, you're not you don't have anything really specific to say about Trubisky. And, you know they may throw a they may throw a metric out there or something about him, you know I think like Kafour said something about how few how few times he uh, Trubisky had to play from behind last year. Well, you know what's stopping that from happening again this year? And that's that's something that he doesn't really that doesn't really there's nothing that he can really control himself. He control how he plays in whatever situation he plays in, but you know it's it just. It just—it seems to me that there's this, this—I uh, don't know. There's, there's this bias there, and I don't know where it comes from. Like, you know, uh, Ryan, do you have any idea, Ryan? What, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, I agree with you. I, I felt for a long time there's a bias against the Bears, and I, I couldn't really begin to tell you. I know with this team, it's—I get maybe like uh, just looking at this game Thursday uh, when. Mitch Trubisky and that offense goes out there against the Packers. I fully expect Mike Pettin, and I would think a lot of defensive coordinators are going to do this, load up the box heavy, try to take away everything underneath, and force Mitch to beat you over the top. And if he starts beating you over the top, then you adjust and you stop giving away the big play. But I think that's what a lot of teams are going to try to force the Bears to do. So maybe when some of these analysis are picking the Bears to aggress, Maybe they're thinking that, that the teams are going to really have a book on Trubisky now with two years of starting experience. What does he do well? What doesn't he do well? Let's force him to do everything he doesn't want to do well and keep him in the pocket. If you keep him in the pocket or at least keep him as a runner in the middle of the field or, uh, you know, just a spy on him, whatever, then you should be able to take him away potentially unless he's improved. And if you already have this bias against his ability to improve, then you're really not going to, I think, give him much credit. And, you know, to be fair, that's usually with everybody. Everyone thought Jared Goff was a bust until Sean McVay made him a solid player. But he was certainly considered by everyone to be a major bust compared to Carson Wentz after a year or two. So uh, I like your point on the defense, too. Uh, They have so much talent. I know losing Vic Fangio is going to hurt, but I, I wonder if maybe they think that takeaways aren't as predictable. And, and I think a lot of them cite that the Bears aren't going to have as many takeaways. But when I look at last year, 
you know, or I'm sorry, when you look under the Lovey Smith years, they really were good at taking the ball away almost at a yearly basis. And some years they were exceptional, not as good as others. I think we're going to see a lot of that with the Bears this year. And they're still going to have opportunities to make plays with the talent that they have. And if they execute, then, yeah, I, I'm with you. That It just seems silly that with all the talent that they have, how could you just automatically think that they're going to regress versus a team like the Los Angeles Rams where there's major question marks about Todd Gurley? Do they have enough around Aaron Donald on defense? They've got new offensive line people. Uh, why isn't that a team looked at as a potential faller? Definitely, definitely. And we'll we'll look we'll take a look at the Bears in comparison to other contenders as as the season unfolds. But uh, you know, I, I I I think if you're a Bears fan and you know, don't and, and you know, I'm sure every Bears fan have been picking up on that stuff with these uh prognosticators and everything, these you know, these so called insiders and stuff. You know, don't let that stuff get to you. You know, fly the fly the flag, the fly the flag high, and uh, you know, you know, just let let people know that you know where you're coming from as a Bears fan, and that uh, you know, you, you got confidence in this team because there's no reason not to have confidence in this team. As, you know, tomorrow we may be speak at at tomorrow at nine ten o'clock we may be speaking a different tune, at least for the time being. But you know, right now. I, this is a this is a well built team, you know. Definitely on paper, there's no injuries to be to uh, to worry about. You know, the coaches who made such a most of the coaches who made such a difference last year are, are back. Most just about all the players who made the difference last year are back. You know, re- yeah, really all the players who made a difference last year are back. And you know, when it comes to that nucleus of talent, you know if if you're asking me to bet on Khalil Mack, you know, uh, Keem Hicks, you know, Ray, uh, Roquan Smith and Leonard Floyd and Eddie Jackson, fast Eddie Jackson, man, and, you know, Chris and Kyle Fuller. Man, uh, like these are these are the guys, man. And this is, you know, they have a chance, I think, to really prove themselves as uh, another great, great, all-time Bears defense, much like the one that the last one that we had, you know, uh, uh, around that uh, Super Bowl era from uh, 06, 07, 05, and all that. But uh, yeah, it's 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 gonna be fun, man. This is this is a this is a rare time for the Bears and for the Bears nation, the Bears fandom, uh, to have a team that is uh, has so much promise for it that is already proven a, quite a bit about itself and that is, you know, you have to figure because of the way last year ended, they still have a chip on their shoulder and they got to be hungry for more coming into the 2019 season. So, you know, uh, hopefully as the, as it unfolds, you know, we'll have a lot of good things to, uh, to, to break down and analyze, but, uh, you know, whether it's good or bad, we're going to be riding with you. So definitely keep uh, keep up with us here, Ryan, uh, uh, on this show and on Dean Davis show, which you can listen to every Thursday on War on Anchor. You can listen to it Wednesdays on uh, the Dean Davis show uh, SoundCloud. And uh, yeah, this uh, 
pretty much it for now. We'll we'll on our when our next go around, uh, we'll probably have our official title. Uh, we're gonna have like two shows a week with our with our football, two official shows a week with our football stuff, and uh, we're gonna have a different title for each one. We'll we'll come at you with those next week, and um, we also have a you know we we'll, we we also have a little uh, dispatch after each game. So the next time you should hear us, actually, we'll be right after Thursday's game. We'll uh, we'll jump right on and give you about 10 to 15 minutes right off the bat uh, with what we thought about the game and, uh, you know, our major takeaways. But, uh, yeah, listen, so listen out for that. Uh, definitely read Ryan every week on WeAreRegalRadio.com. Uh, great, uh, you know, incisive opinions and, uh, and analysis from him in regards to the Bears and the rest of the NFL. Uh, me, you know, I'll, I'll be throwing out my columns, I guess, every – I'll try to have something after every game, definitely. If not, then uh, maybe at least one thing a week during this NFL season, uh, you know, giving my opinions on the Bears or whatnot. And, uh, you know, it's other stuff in the NFL as well. But, uh, yeah, we're going to uh, send uh, – we're going to just settle it settle it up right now here and, uh, like I said, give ourselves some rest and relaxation before everything goes – uh, crazy tomorrow night, but uh, definitely keep up uh, with We Are Real Radio and D and Davis Show and all of our contributors on all of our social media platforms. Uh, you know, We Are Real Radio on uh, sound on uh, IG, We Are Real Radio uh, on Twitter, Regal Radio One to be exact on Twitter, Regal Radio on Facebook, and uh, yeah, myself, Kyle Means, work underscore right on uh, Twitter, K Mean on IG. And uh, Ryan, what's your uh, social handles to let anybody know? Uh, best one at Ryan B. Ski for Twitter. Uh, that's probably the best spot to catch everything. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, Twitter, I. That's one of the best things too uh, about football season is, uh, you know, Bears Twitter is pretty dope on yeah. uh, on game day and during games. So a uh, shout out to everybody on Bears Twitter. They should know uh, definitely who we rock with. You know, uh, our guys over at uh, Barber's Chair Net. You know, Seven Knife and Hallis, uh, the Bigs. You know. And so many, so many people, man. I could, I could run down, you know, uh, all the bears, all the people who write about the bears and to cover the bears consistently. Bears podcasters, shout out to all y'all, uh, the people we've been rocking with for years, putting on Dear Davis show and whatnot. And uh, you know, definitely shout out to y'all. Hope y'all enjoy the season as well. And uh, maybe we'll get some of y'all back on during during the season. And definitely, uh, you want to get us. Get us on me or Ryan, anybody in my crew. Feel free to holler at me about that. But uh, yeah, in the meantime, uh, we'll we'll holler at you. Uh, like I say Thursday after the game, we'll holler at you. And uh, definitely next week we'll be back with with uh, some more recapping of Week One of the NFL season, and uh, and definitely re- more recapping of this Bears initial game, as well as uh previewing 
what's coming up next week. So. Thank you.